called Not Qualified Podcast. I'm Natalie. And I'm Owen. And today on the podcast, we have special guest, my sister, Reagan. Hello, everyone. So, we're very excited to have you on. You are our first two-time guest. Let's go. So, that's kind of exciting. Well, so, they didn't remember this, but, like, a while ago, Owen was like, I was like, hey, can you, like, Pinky promised me that I'll be, like, your first return guest on the podcast. And he was like, sure. And we, like, pinkied on it. And they didn't remember that. But I am the first return guest on the Qualified Podcast. Yeah, I guess that's a good thing. Because I'm a man of my pinky. He is a man of his pinky. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, the highest form of compliment you could receive from her. But yeah. I was not solo then. I was like, Kennedy. Yes. This is your you first that. solo episode. But, yeah, episode three was the other time you were on. This was a little Solo more voyage. little more planned out than that last one. I was so unprepared for that one. The last we were like, still oh, we're recording today, and I was like, oh, I, I have no intelligent thoughts to say. So forgive me if I said anything that you were like, what is this lady talking about? <laughs> we also were like on a serious time crunch for that one. Like we had to like be done very quick because Kennedy was trying to get to a basketball game. So we were like, oh, yeah. time to wrap this up. And yeah, we've also like, learned okay. a little bit about the podcast thing since then. So a little bit. We're in yeah. a different space this time. Yes. Yes. We were in but not, Reed's basement last time. Now we're in our basement, not the recording studio. Unfortunately, wow. that was epic. We will be back there. Don't worry. But we're back in the basement. <laughs> yeah. No, we got kicked out. <laughs> uh, yeah, we broke something. They were like, no, we what, is, "What are these people no, doing?" No, we'll be back. We just are. Allie and I were home for the weekend, and so we decided to record I'm here. Not in Saint Paul. Yeah, Reagan's not in Saint Paul. So I'm here. This is my house. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you want to start by talking about your, well, just, do you want to introduce yourself a little bit? I know people Mm -hmm. maybe know a little bit about you if they did listen to that last one, but otherwise they might not know anything about you. Yes. So I'm Reagan, Natalie's sister and Owen's Mm -hmm. best friend of me. (laughs) (laughs) With the pause there. I didn't know how to describe it. Um, we talked about that on the last podcast. Mm -hmm. I'm a junior in high school. Play tennis and golf. Which and, one do you like better? Um, it depends on the season that I'm in. I'm a golf. Classic answer. Is mid. <laughs> one is I am at the other. <laughs> That's not even <laughs> true. Yeah. Um. Have a little like. What do I like to, to do? I like to watch football. The Vikings won today. Skull Vikings. They didn't um, win on Tuesday. When you're listening. Yeah. Or whatever day, other day you're listening. But they did win. They they won on Sunday, Sunday week nine. Week nine? I think so. Whatever day Yeah, week nine. Is. Week nine. Skull Vikings. Uh, if I could be... Dobbs is going to be an MV- MVP. MVP. <laughs> if I was, like, a man and I was really athletic, I would love football <laughs> as my own sport. <laughs> I'd not be a tennis or a golf player. <laughs> but... You would do something that actually takes some... Like no, no, sports. don't finish that sentence. I'll take you on either of those sports. <laughs> Cross country, don't challenge me to that. It's actually... just a leftover sport for <laughs> who can't be coordinated hey. in anything else. Cross country takes some athleticism. Mm-hmm. More like brain but athleticism. But no, I can't make fun of you because I, you would destroy me in golf. I've never golfed ever once. And you're lefty. What does that have to do with anything? <laughs> well... That just looks so awkward when you're, like, on a tee box. It's kind of like left-handed quarterbacks. You're just like, these people just look so bad. <laughs> yeah, but sometimes they're good. Yep. A left-handed pitcher is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is. Mm-hmm. Rangers also just won the World Series. 
Nice. So how about that? <laughs> <laughs> this is not a sports podcast. But if I had a podcast, it might be a sports podcast. Mm-hmm. We could talk about like the beauty of the gospel through sports or something. How would you do that? <laughs> Let's not get into that. Here. <laughs> you. That's can... why that's not that's not what we're talking about today. You can think on that. Come back. Anything else you want to say about yourself? Anything else you like to do besides watching football? Um, I like to read. Mm-hmm. I like to bake. I like to play games. Mm-hmm. I'm a pretty like I'm like an old soul kind of. <laughs> I'm like an old man is my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> like listen to all those things and I'm like an old guy. Football. <laughs> reading. Games. Reading. reading. <laughs> yeah, I play Sudoku every day, which I have been playing in school. <laughs> In your easy classes? No, in my hard classes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. Um, why don't you tell everyone what your favorite Bible story is? Or one of, or if you have multiple, that's fine. Well, I do have multiple, Owen. Um, <laughs> do you want me to start in the Old Testament or the New Testament? Well, the New Testament, or the Old Testament did come first, so. That is true. Nah, yeah, it's very start, insightful of you. Maybe start with the Old Testament and then do the New Testament one. So I would say that my favorite Bible story in the Old Testament is Ruth. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a great story of like love and redemption for a family. Should we like mm-hmm. talk through it? Let's talk sure. through it. So it starts Skip in the like breakdown. there's a famine in Israel, correct? Yes. And so this guy named Elimelech, he packs up his family and they go to Moab, which is a sinful nation, town. A place. I'm yeah. not really sure. <laughs> but they go there, and it's full of sin, and Elimelech, the father, dies right when they get there. And then they have two sons, Elimelech and Naomi, who is the family, and these sons get married to these Moabitess women. Yes. And so they're living in this sinful land, and their sons' names are literally, like, sickly and pale, I think that's what they mean. It's like Malin and Chilean, I think they mean, like, Hmm. pale and stuff like that but they both end up dying and so it's naomi it's super uplifting it, it's start. not a very <laughs> the beginning sounds very not hope-filled but yeah. then so it's naomi and her daughter-in-law orpa and ruth and so naomi's like okay the famine's over in israel so they decide to go back but she's like i can't take you away she's talking to her daughter-in-law she's like i can't take you guys away from your family so She's like, you guys should stay here. And they're like crying, saying like they don't want to go. And so eventually Orpah's like, no, I'll stay here, I guess. But Ruth won't leave Naomi. And so then she goes into this thing, which you've probably heard. I feel like it could get said at weddings. Mm -hmm. Possibly, basically, like where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. Your God is going to be my God. So she makes this essentially this like covenant to Ruth or to Naomi. And so they go back to wherever Bethlehem right yep. mm-hmm. do you guys have any comments to say you're just telling the story right yeah, now you got okay this. so they get back to Israel Bethlehem are those the same place Bethlehem's in Judah okay which, yeah okay so he is the one studying the Old Testament like thoroughly right now so we'll, <laughs> we'll ask him all the like thoroughly. historical information okay back to chapter 2 after that intermission between chapters so she gets, they get back to Bethlehem and Naomi, whose name means like gentle and pleasant, I think. 
and she like tells all her old friends like guys call me Mara like I'm just so bitter like her two sons died her husband died so if you like think about yeah. that that's well yeah not only is that I mean if you think about three people that are some of your closest family mm-hmm. members dying but also in that time a woman without a husband and without a son was worth pretty much nothing. Mm-hmm. Yep, so that's where the story picks up. Yeah. Because Naomi's like, oh, we have this relative. He's like a good guy. His name's Boaz. And so she's like, Naomi's like, hey, go up and pick the grain from his fields because they could come behind the harvesters. The woman could, the widows and stuff, and pick up whatever grain was left behind. To, yeah. Like use as food mm-hmm. and eat it. And, so and she- it's actually interesting that Israelites were actually commanded to leave mm-hmm. the stuff, like the extras for those people. Like, yeah. by by God, so. And so, she's out there, and then Boaz, the family member, is like, who is this girl, basically? And I think he tells his, like, harvesters to, like, leave extra for her, because mm-hmm. he just sees her and essentially takes pity on her. And so, they end up talking, and he's like, like, I think this is really cool that you've been, like, helping your mother-in-law and, like, supporting her. So, like, they kind of strike up a relationship there, and then she comes back home, and Naomi's like, hey, where'd you, like, go reap the grain mm-hmm. i don't know if that's the language yeah yeah but Where she's like oh food boaz's it? place and she's like oh like you should like go propose basically <laughs> yeah no i mean, I mean yeah. that's what she does she goes down and she lays on the end of his bed which is how they like proposed and then he like imagine if you just like, woke up in the morning and there's like a person at your feet <laughs> that'd be pretty startling and so she does that and he like blesses her and um Mm -hmm. yeah and then he's like okay i'll I'll marry you but there's a person who might be closer so they they work that out yeah because like the people in their family were responsible for marrying the widows Mm -hmm. which ruth obviously was but they work it out um and then booth (laughs) boaz (laughs) that's their ship name (laughs) booth (laughs) that's pretty funny They get married, and eventually their family lineage leads to Jesus, and it's just a story of redemption because Naomi went from sonless and husbandless, and now her father, or her daughter-in-law gets to get married to this guy, and she gets a grandson, and she basically Mm -hmm. becomes the caregiver of this grandson, I believe, and it's, who is it? Obed. Obed, yeah. And Obed is the father of Jesse, and Jesse yep. is the father of David. So, if yeah. you know scripture, that's the lineage of Jesus, like we said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's. The yeah, and I think overview. we get a lot of examples in the Old Testament um, and the New Testament, but um, of God using people that would be unexpected, mm-hmm. and the fact that He used that through all of this, um, Ruth, who was a Moabite, mm-hmm. not an Israelite. Um, not one of God's chosen people. Yeah, was part of the lineage of Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's really of fascinating. Only two books in the Bible to be named after women, which mm-hmm. is like significant. Yeah, in the story yeah. of scripture. Yeah, because not only the unexpected people, but like he kind of uses the people who would be seen as like the lowest of lows. Like, like you said, like she's a Moabite, she's a woman, she's a widow. Like all of the boxes that make her like probably someone that people would look down on and be like, how can this woman be? crucial and like you said ends up being part of the lineage of jesus because god redeems her story well it's honestly a similar story to when he calls matthew who's this tax collector and completely shunned by the israelites because he 
is essentially a traitor to them. And then mm-hmm. he comes along and is one of the most important, well, not most important, but he's one of the Jesus disciples, yeah. which yeah, is one of the closest one of people the, in the Gospels. It's yeah. the first book of the New Testament, mm-hmm. which is really significant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, do you have anything else that you want to say surrounding this book? Mm-hmm. You were talking about how Ruth talks about lots of different kinds of, like, love, too, that we can kind of learn from that. Do you want to, like, yeah, so jump into that a little? The first one I would say is we see it between Naomi and Ruth in, like, the first part of the book is them, like, creating this relationship where Ruth sacrifices everything she's ever known to go back to Bethlehem with Naomi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they just complete this, uh, create this special relationship where... Ruth starts to provide for Naomi in a way and like redeem I don't know it's the start of the story of redemption of their family is when Ruth starts to agree to go back to Bethlehem with Naomi and then Mm -hmm. we see a different kind of love in the relationship between Boaz and Ruth which is just our like typical what you would think of like quote unquote romantic kind of love where they have this like love story essentially but it's still a little bit different Mm -hmm. with him being a redeemer yep he comes in and redeems the family Mm -hmm. and then because it's not just like showing a love for her it's like showing a love for like their family and the family line and like wanting to and it's significant because they i mean in those times a lot of wealth was measured in land Mm -hmm. and you know flocks and stuff like Mm -hmm. that and these women had no land Right. And through him redeeming them, then the land that was their families before the famine was restored mm-hmm. back to them. And then finally, just the love that God had for this family. And mm-hmm. I mean, he knew what was going to happen to them, but he also allowed it to be redeemed mm-hmm. to be the store that it is. Yeah. And use it in his plan for ultimate plan for Jesus redeeming yeah. the world. And I think mm-hmm. that's a cool thing, too, is like. When hard things happen, it's never easy, that's for sure, but I think remembering that God can have a purpose for things, like, he has a purpose in your pain, and there's, like, a reason when things happen, and he's not in heaven shaking his head like, uh, this all just happened, I wasn't ready for that, now what? Like, I don't know what to do here. Like, nothing is ever, like, unexpected to him. Like, he knew that Mm -hmm. this was going to happen, that they were going to lose, like, that these people were going to pass away, and that it was obvious obviously going to be really hard on the family but he also knew that he had a plan and a way that he was going to use it to redeem it to mm-hmm. make it for his good and for his glory absolutely mm-hmm. i mean that ties to the second story i have i would say okay. yeah we, we can yeah we can should we just go there sure and my other story that's one of my more favorites in scripture is um found in the gospels i'm not sure how many mm-hmm a fair amount of them. Mark, I know for sure. Um, But it's the story of the bleeding woman coming to Jesus. Mm -hmm. Not woman. Woman. Singular. Um, Dumb and just... Yeah, you can just kind of run us through it and we can then kind of discuss it a little more like we did with... Basically, this woman has been bleeding for 12 years and she is now like homeless and has no money because she's putting all of her resources into trying to find like a doctor for her condition and everything has fallen short and so she's like okay i've heard about this jesus like if if i can get to him if i can touch the end of his garment like i think i can be healed and so 
in the middle of this, this is happening. Jesus is on this, what a Jairus' house, this guy, and his daughter just died. And Jesus is on his way to bring her back from the dead. And there's like a bunch of crowds around. His disciples are with him. They're heading over to Jairus' house. And the woman comes up and touches his robe. And he's like, who touched me? Like, I felt power come out of me because Jesus knows that, which is pretty cool. Oh, that's fascinating to <laughs> like, me. That, that's just wild. But it's Jesus. So. <laughs> um, but his disciples are like, dude, what a crowd. Like... Yes, someone has been touching you. All of, all of us have been touching you. But he's like, no, like, power came out of me. And I think the woman just comes forward and she's like, I touched the end of your garment like it was me. And I don't know if she thought he was going to be mad at him, but she came forward mm-hmm. and she, like, falls before him and she's, like, scared for what's going to happen. But he's like... He calls her daughter, which is one thing that's significant. Mm -hmm. And then he says, go in peace. Your faith has made you well. And Mm -hmm. so he heals her in that. And Mm -hmm. that's just another story of redemption. Yeah. Because he pulls her out of this, like, life that she's been living in. And Mm -hmm. he calls her daughter, which no one probably had before, Mm -hmm. at least in a very long time, because she had been scrutinized, Mm -hmm. I guess, Mm -hmm. by society. Well, because in that culture, in that time, like you would have been seen as unclean. Like, if you mm-hmm. had any sort of disease or sickness, it's not like now where it's like, oh, you have, a, like, a cold, right. or, like, you're sick, and it's, like, it's okay. It's, like, you're seen as, like, unclean and, like, basically an outcast from society. And so being sick for as long as she was, like, she's been, like, cast out for right. a really long time. And then Jesus just pulls her in. I was gonna say, it made me think of, like, the only thing we could potentially compare it to was, remember in 2020, where it's like, <laughs> you got COVID, and then you were, like, scrutinized, like, no one wanted to come close. <laughs> Everyone was scared. True. <laughs> and also, like, the whole, like, quarantine thing, like, you're, like, you need to, like, be away from mm-hmm. everyone, but that's, like, we were that was two weeks, at least, and this that is was, like, like, small amounts of time. This lady had been bleeding for 12 years, like... That is three quarters of my entire lifetime. I'm 16 years old. (laughs) That is a significant amount of time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, I mean... And also just, like, the shame that that brings to, like, Mm -hmm. not just, like, feeling outcast, but, like, everyone looking at you is, like, you are unclean, you are unwell, I do not want to be with you. Like, that is just so much, like, of, like... It's obviously, like, a bunch of, like, physical pain, too, but so much, like, emotional hurt Mm -hmm. as well, like carrying all of that for so long and that's why it's so cool like you said like jesus being the redeemer the one to say like you Mm -hmm. like i have made you well Mm -hmm. and i also think that story is really cool for another reason because it shows like how like jesus can like see us but also sometimes how we can see jesus because i think sometimes we perceive it as like this is too much to ask like i'm gonna be too much of a bother like i can't i can't pray to him for this i can't it's, like, too much to even believe that, like, maybe he can, like, see me and, like, make Mm -hmm. me well because you don't want to be, like, like, an inconvenience, especially, like, Reagan said, he's walking to heal somebody else. She probably feels, like, this problem's bigger. Like, I can figure it out on my own. I don't want to bother him. So that's why, you know, she kind of just, like, grabs the bottom of his cloak because she's, like, I, I trust that he can heal me, but I don't, like, I feel, like, I don't want to bother him. But then when he stops and he stops in the middle of a crowd and he stops and everything's around around him and sees just her, I think that just shows like Jesus's intentionality towards us that like 
in the midst of everything else, like, he is big enough to care about you and care about you individually because he loves you. And, like, Reagan said a couple times that he calls her daughter. Like, imagine just, like, how seen she felt Mm -hmm. in that moment. Like, when he says that and, like, basically just that, like, affirmation over her that, like, she is loved and that he notices her. And I just want to say, like, if you pray and you ask for God for something, which you should, it's not always going to be instantaneous like this. Mm -hmm. Like, people suffer for, like, years upon years upon years with stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we see that she did suffer for so long. Right, and she did. Mm -hmm. But if you are suffering, that doesn't mean that God is non-existent. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, and, like, Jesus went through suffering, too. Right. So he knows, and he sees you, and sometimes, like Reagan said, even if he's not healing you or taking you out of that, it doesn't mean that he doesn't care about you, because he does. That's one of the coolest things about the fact that Jesus died on the cross, is that he chose to suffer when Mm -hmm. he was God, and he didn't have to. Yeah. He didn't have to do that. I mean, the Bible says it was so painful that God had to turn away from it, like, he couldn't even bear to look at his son, Mm -hmm. which just... I don't know. That's the most painful suffering that's ever happened, and it happened to a person who should have never had to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I think he did it because, I mean, the big thing is he did it to save us, but I think he also did it to make himself relatable to us, to, like, have us be able to look at that and say, like, I am suffering, but I know that Jesus, like, mm-hmm. he sees me and has compassion on me. Because he's suffered too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing that we can get from this story, unless you guys had something to add to that last comment, mm. is that, like, Jesus, we talked about, like, Jesus seeing her, but also, like, that we need to, like, we can take points from the woman in the story, but there's also things that we can learn about how Jesus approaches people. And I think the fact that, like, in the midst of everything that was happening in the crowd, that he saw her, and I think that if we're trying to live a life that's like Jesus, we need to also recognize that, like, in our own life, there's a lot of busy stuff. We pass so many people every day, whether at work, at school, on your campus, you're constantly going past people. But the thing is, like, are you actually, like, are you just so caught up in your own, like, because he could have said, no, I'm busy, like, I have an end point. Like, well, he, was gonna go s- he was going to heal someone yeah. else, like, he was yeah. doing, like, Righteous things, obviously. Yes. Jairus is probably like, bro, my daughter's dead. Like, mm-hmm. can we, like, go? Because mm-hmm. you're not always distracted by things that are bad. Like, you could be doing really good things. But if you're so focused on just, like, all these things that I'm trying to do and you're just brushing through life, but you're not actually, like, noticing anyone. I think that's when it really comes down to is, like, when you see a crowd, like, are you seeing it like Jesus does? And are you seeing people like he sees them and saying, like, taking time to be intentional with people. And also I think that can, like, be cut off of, like, in the world where we, like, have, like, phones and, like, mm-hmm. our, like, computers and screens and, like, everything. Like, we can be caught up in that, that we're, like, not... Sometimes are we not even focused on the task, but we're, like, caught up on that. It's, like, we're not even noticing the people around us. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, like, a scary thing, too. But. Yeah. There's this quote by... I think it's Corten Boom, and she says, If the devil can't make you sin, I believe it says, then he'll make you busy. And I'm, like, that's a really dangerous thing to walk into is mm-hmm. to busy being busy and selfish where you can't even mm-hmm. see other people yeah, yeah. that's interesting mm-hmm. what well, is like we kind of talked about this on a different podcast but like that's like part of the reason why rest is so important and mm-hmm. why like taking time to like 
give yourself some margin in your life is so important so that you like have time to like see the people around you and connect with the people around you and say like hey like what's been going on with you lately and like how like just taking time to connect with others and being giving yourself space to be there for them when they need Mm -hmm. you yeah Mm -hmm. yeah well do you have anything else to add Mm. while you're while you're being recorded well i have my five seconds of fame it's more than five seconds but yeah Mm. um i don't think so Mm -hmm. i love how you tied those two stories together so well like both of them you talked about like jesus being our redeemer and jesus throughout the bible has so Mm. many names and so many different titles even though he is still jesus but so many other titles with that and one of his other titles is he's the redeemer and he's Mm -hmm. our redeemer yeah, he shows himself to be that over and over and over mm-hmm. and over again mm-hmm. in scripture. Because these are just two examples in the Bible. Right. But if we really wanted to break it down and have like a very long episode, we, we could have pulled out so many stories of yeah. Jesus being Probably one from every book almost. Mm-hmm. I mean, not quite, but... Yeah. yeah. Well, because the world is full of imperfect people, but God still uses people for his plan and for his purpose. Right. And so he's going to... If redeem. God only used perfect people he wouldn't have anyone to use. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. the church isn't perfect people, well, and if you have that idea, then mm-hmm. just telling you that you're wrong. <laughs> 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 like, we can all come on here and say that we we are. It's like Paul says, like, and of sinners, I'm the worst of these. Mm-hmm. He says, so even Paul is saying that. And Paul wrote, like, Paul, half the New Testament. like, the and greatest. It was huge in starting the church, and even right. he says, I'm probably the worst of all the sinners. Right. And... Yeah. I mean, we could go to Paul's story and say that he was a persecutor of sinners. His story is another example of extreme redemption. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because he was killing Christians and was so against Jesus. And Jesus came down and changed his life. And like we said, he started the church. He wrote so much of the New Testament, was writing letters to all these different churches that he was, that were getting started. And, And if you don't know, God, his name was Saul. God literally blinded him. So, it might be painful to have God be like, you need to go in a different direction, but if that's mm-hmm. what he's saying, mm-hmm. he's blinding you, you better be listening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it's not always going to be comfortable. No. To, yeah. Yeah. I've heard this other quote that's like, if comfort is at the root of Christianity, then Jesus wouldn't have died on the cross. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I would do well to remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think, I mean, I think if, if Jesus could have saved us from our sin Mm -hmm. in another way that was more comfortable, you know, if that was the, if that was the, if that was, if that's what he was looking for was Mm -hmm. how can I save these people from their sin and be comfortable? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, that's not, but that's not the point of the story. The point of the story is that he suffered for our sins so that we don't have to suffer eternally. Because I think it's hard for extreme life change to happen without extreme. Like you extreme gotta put methods. something to death. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, nothing radical happens without like, you yeah. gotta put an end to something. Like, yeah, scripture says like you have to die to yourself. Right. Like you have to take up. I'm not sure where in the Bible it says that, and I should know my references better, but it mm-hmm. says like each day you gotta take up your cross and follow me. And like mm-hmm. John sixteen thirty three says like in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. So like. Yeah. We are in this world, but we're not of this world as Christians, and... That's good. Yeah, we gotta remember that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To be 
looking for people in crowds. Mm-hmm. If, if we have takeaways, here they are. Write okay, them down if you're taking notes. Christ is our redeemer. Yep. Look, be intentional about the people in crowds. Mm-hmm. And comfort is not the root of Christianity. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are kind of the main things we've talked about today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we're not saying that to, like, scare you, like... This is a super hard life, and it's never mm-hmm. going to be easy or comfortable because there's so many amazing things about following Jesus. And there is, like, he brings comfort to you, like, through his peace and through his goodness. Mm-hmm. But the the lifestyle of there are going to be situations where you have to go against what everyone else is doing, mm-hmm. and that's uncomfortable. But if that's like, the life that God has called you to... And the Bible also said, like, the road to hell is wide, but the, like, the... The path to heaven is so narrow, and it's like, if we're just following the crowd, mm-hmm. we're headed towards destruction. Crowds can fit on wide roads, <laughs> but there's not a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. It, so, walk the narrow road in. Mm-hmm. None of us are claiming to be perfect about that, but... Mm-hmm. I also think the thing about the paths is, like, wider thing. Like, it's definitely easier to see, and, like, see it from far away. Like, this is a big, wide road. Like, this seems like easy like i don't have to search for it i can just kind of wander onto it well the narrow path is more like you have to search that out and you have to be intentional about finding where is Mm -hmm. that and how do i like follow that closely it's gonna be difficult Mm -hmm. but it's so worth it it is so worth it so Mm -hmm. i just want to say too like this girl knows her scripture like she has been dropping so many scripture references and it's just like so amazing like i think it just shows how like getting in the word truly can like we've talked about this before like the importance of like being in the word and i think it like shows like when you're in it and it's like poured into you you're able to like remember it and use it in situations important unto others and i just think that's so commendable like being able to just like have that like well of knowledge in you listeners be one step better than me and know where they come from (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm like uh the bible says well and knowing knowing scripture isn't everything but i think it is important Mm -hmm. with the when Jesus was tempted, how did he fight Satan? He said, no. The scripture, scripture says, says yep. this. And, like, Satan made it sound in a way that was close mm-hmm. to what scripture said, but Jesus knew his scripture. Mm-hmm. Yep. Got Dang, that's a whole other topic. We <laughs> yes. could go down, yeah, like, yeah. taking but verses out of context. Kind of gotten in. <laughs> you also said, though, like, I don't know my references, and so, like, be better than that. But I think that, like, it is, like, nice to know where they come from but at the end of the day it's like if you know the words that are in it like that's what matters like being able to Mm -hmm. say like take heart for i've overcome the world like that verse still has just as much meaning packed into it and like you can use it just as much in your life than if you could say john 1633 says the one i did know but yeah (laughs) yeah but Mm -hmm. yeah but either way i'm really proud of you thank you for you're just so wise, only at 16, you have so much good stuff to say, and, like, you're just pulling quotes and verses out of everywhere, this girl has no notes in front of her, like, all of this is coming from her head, and she's coming with it on the fly, this episode was, like, we also, like, we planned it, like, we had a plan, we wanted to talk about these stories, but we hadn't quite gone into, like, everything we wanted to talk about, and all the extra verses you pulled out were not things we had talked about, and so, like, all of this is just coming from you, and I think that's just so cool to see, like, the overflow of, like, Jesus in your life. Well, I'm commending you guys for being, I mean, I'm sure you guys talk about things, and it's like, this isn't always comfortable. Like, people mm-hmm. might disagree with what we're saying, but it's truth. It's scripture. Mm-hmm. So, 
Good on you guys for starting a podcast. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for being our second double guest. First double first, guest. First double. First two-time guest. Our second time on first person who's on that. Comment below if you think that makes me their favorite person. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> we don't have a comment section. <laughs> DM them on Instagram. I call them not qualified podcast Instagram. Thanks for the shout out. You're welcome. But yeah, mm-hmm. go follow Instagram so you can get updates of when we post episodes and mm-hmm. some other fun stuff every once in a while. And in case you haven't figured out our pattern, it's every other Tuesday. Bye so weekly. It drops, I think, at midnight. Yes. Does so. it? Yeah. It's Do supposed you, like, to. Do for the podcast launch? Like, have oh, a like party. a little like party, like podcast drops. It. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they're that exciting that people are staying oh. until midnight for them, but... Some of them are pretty hype. Well, True. thanks. Do you have a favorite episode? Um, this one. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> All of them. Good Can I name everyone on the podcast? I can't. My family's been great. The Vandrit family has been great. All of Natalie's friends have been great. When do your friends get to come on? Well, some of them have been Peter my friends, Wyatt? too. That's true. Hannah and Ava are your friends. Yeah. Both mm-hmm. of your friends. Yeah. I'm your friend. You're my friend, yeah. We're best friends. We'll, just kidding. We'll, we'll end with that on a positive note before anyone starts to question mine and Reagan's friendship. <laughs> they they have such a funny relationship, but it's great. Listen to episode three if you want to hear about that. But Thanks for dropping that in there. Yep. Do you remember what that episode's called? You were on it. <laughs> no. Uh, what was it called? Iron sharpens iron. Oh. Be an iron and be uncomfortable, Christian. Jesus loves you. Happy Tuesday.